Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. Before we get into today's topic with today's guest, Mark Graham is here to join me to talk about Skew University on January 15th from 845 to 1150 at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Ballroom L on the second level. We will have Skew University. Mark, what is Skew University? Why did you create it? What's its purpose? So we created Skew University to give people a place where they could learn more about the application in a hands-on way at Expo. We knew that people were hungry for information about Common SKU, the application. So we have created this environment where we go and talk about all the features that distributors use to run their business. And we also give them a roadmap in terms of what's coming down the pipe. And then we also have a session for suppliers because, of course, suppliers use Common SKU as well to engage with distributors and grow their business with the distributors on the platform as well. So we thought by creating this setting where distributors and suppliers could come together, peek under the hood inside the application and learn more about it was a really good use of people's time in the morning. Let me break that down a little bit. The event kicks off at 845 from 9 o'clock to 950. 10 ways suppliers grow sales on CommonSkew, a presentation by you and Samantha Cates. At 10 o'clock to 10.50, Catherine Graham presents how CRM helps distributors ignite sales and retain customers. From 11 o'clock to 11.50, Catherine Graham and Aaron Kucherway will present hacks, new features, and the road ahead. So it's a quick, easy morning, and CommonSkew University is free to attend. You can register at commonskew.com university. may still be growing sales and get into our monetary goals, but our lifestyle goals are definitely where they need to be. Confession. We're unapologetically proud that the CommonSkew platform allows entrepreneurs the freedom and flexibility to build the life they want and to work from anywhere. So when Justin Carter of Brand On posted that he spent 25 days in New Zealand for a honeymoon and couldn't have done it without CommonSkew, we had to learn more. We discovered that not only did it give him the flexibility to build the life that he wants, but it gave him the bandwidth to double his sales. But this episode is not about CommonSkew. It's about constructing the life and the business you want by blending a seamless and streamlined operation that enriches your life, but does not consume it. California native Justin Carter has a passion for starting new companies. He's the founder of Brand On. Although the business started with just digital print products over the last two years, Brand On has evolved into a comprehensive source for all branded products and apparel. When he's not in the office, Justin is an avid outdoorsman, hiking 14ers, backcountry skiing, rock climbing, and passionate about his work with Vail Mountain Rescue, which you'll hear about in this episode. From Red Cliff, Colorado, our conversation with Justin Carter. You got your start in the digital print business. Can you explain what that means? Before I was involved in, in this business or even in the promotional products industry, I, uh, I was involved with a startup that was going to be a web app to manage direct mail for real estate agents. And so in the process of that, I got exposed to some big fulfillment houses and digital printers and learned a lot about the post office's direct mail program and stuff like that. So before I knew I wanted to do this, I was headed down that route. And that platform really 
really didn't quite get there, but all the contacts that I made and information that I learned about the wholesale print world and the digital print world stuck with me. And, and I started using that again in a different business. Is digital print a part of your business now? It is. Yeah. It's just another one of those products that we can offer that makes the lives of our clients easier and helps them run their businesses more efficiently. And it's just one less contact they have to go after to get something done if we offer that. What percentage of your business is print versus promotion? I would say probably between 20 and 25% is print related, print or direct mail. Are margins healthy in that side of the business? They're decent. I wouldn't say they're quite as high as they are in the promo world to be real competitive. Right. It, it just depends on the product and it depends on how familiar your client is with, you know, with that type of printing. There's a lot of new inks and new processes out kind of in that world. And so it's just a matter of, of upselling them the, the latest and the greatest. But I, I'd say there's a, there's a healthy margin. How long have you been in the business now? It'll be four years, March 1st. So three and a half years. How have you expanded your business since you started? Can you tell us a little bit about the growth? Yeah. When we first started, like I said, it was just print. And then I got into the stickers because I've, there was only, you know, a couple websites online that you could get them from. Not a lot of people here locally or even in our geographic area selling stickers. So we dove in headfirst with stickers and started doing print and stickers. And then we got into some apparel because I, I wasn't going to turn down a, a lead from a relationship that I already had. So I figured out the apparel thing on my own. And then we got into custom headwear and some custom importing promo goods and stuff like that. So it just kind of led from one thing to another. And instead of growing number of clients, I think we just kind of grew our product base to meet the demand of our core group of clients. Now we, we end up getting a lot more money out of each client on a yearly basis over a lot of different types of products. It's easier to expand widely like that with a client base that trusts you than it is you know, to capture new business. Yeah, and it allows us to make mistakes and it's not the first time dealing with this person and that's kind of saved us on right. some things. And geographically, we're located up in the, in the Rocky Mountains. Unless you want to drive two hours to Denver, you're not going to get a lot of stuff up here. So we're kind of introducing a lot of things to our, to our market and people are pretty open to having one account rep handle their print, their direct mail, their stickers, their apparel, their headwear, whatever. It's pretty nice for, for the end user. Do you have a unique vertical or industry that you focus on? A lot of mountain brands for sure. Secondary, probably the snow action sports arena, ski companies, snowboard companies, and then events that are in the mountains seem to be a niche that we're getting into. We can provide the merchandise for the concert, the signage for the stage, you know, the concert tees, everything from front to back makes it easy, especially if you're trying to throw a festival two hours west of Denver in the mountains. That's a fun part of the business where I know you're an outdoorsman and you enjoy the outdoors. It can be a fun part of the business when you get to focus on businesses that actually appeal to you personally. I know uh, there are distributors who have grown because they just stuck with this out of a sense of passion. I would agree with that. We haven't done really any marketing. It's all been word of mouth. It takes kind of a special type of person that wants to live up here in the mountains and they live up here for a certain lifestyle and, and we have happen to get along really well with those type of people. So yeah, what, what special type of person goes to the mountains? I'm curious. Typically a person that enjoys skiing or the outdoors in general. We started this kind of as a lifestyle business at the beginning and, and I still try to ski every single powder day. My, our office is at the base of Beaver Creek and so we're about two miles to Vail and, and less than half a mile to Beaver Creek. So we we have some good skiing options on a regular basis in the winter. It's so hard for some of us that aren't in an environment like that to know how important that is to your business and your personal life and how you can weave the two together and actually come up with some sort of um, more cohesive lifestyle, if you will. Absolutely. And it's definitely motivating, too. I mean, we, we just came back from New Zealand and we weren't the least bit sad about leaving because it felt like another honeymoon to come back and see our friends and our family and live in this beautiful place and, you know, go ski 
skiing when we want to go skiing or go ride a bike at lunch. We're small enough that we yeah. can definitely take advantage. And we may still be growing sales and get into our monetary goals, but our lifestyle goals are definitely where they need to be. And we're looking forward to that. Are most of your clients near you geographically? Yeah, I would say most of them. Uh, they're either near us directly or they uh, they have some kind of event or you know, location of their business directly around okay. here. We do service a few select clients in Denver. Uh, and we're not going to turn anybody away, but it just happens that where we started, we have a little bit more uh, traction up here in the in the high Rockies. And what is your annual gross sales volume? Currently, right now, we're going to be between five and six hundred thousand this year. Uh, we're shooting we're shooting for six hundred thousand. I think we're going to be over. We're get, we already have orders in the pipeline to put us over five thirty five forty. So we're shooting for six, which would be double last year's sales. A double. What what do you attribute the double growth to? Well, of course, common skew. I mean, I was running around out of control trying to trying to manage everything without common skew. So I think we can double next year as well without really adding any more personnel or resources. To explore that a little bit, what was life like and production like in your business before Commons Q versus afterwards? One good sales appointment would take me all day and all night to put together a presentation. We used to hand hand draft our presentations kind of in a, a PowerPoint type format. And if they liked what they saw, a quote would be, and I was using a, a program called FreshBooks just to run invoice or estimates into invoicing, but it, it didn't have any costing. So my margins were not where I thought they were going to be. So markup and margins and are is completely new as far as being into the business world. And so we were doing jobs we were losing money on before Common Skew, and now. At least if I'm losing money, I know where I'm losing money. Right. You know, it was just, <laughs> right. we got rid of all, all of that. And I was typing POs by hand in Excel when somebody said, you know, they were ready to pull the trigger. So it was a nightmare. And I, I had a fiance at the time who was wanting to get in on the business with me before we got married. And I was like, how am I going to train her? I don't have any systems or processes in place. And so a ton changed. I mean, really a ton has changed in the last year. And now we're not focusing on how to send in POs and, and do all that. We're, we're focusing on big picture items. It's great. It gave you the bandwidth and the freedom of mind to now pursue bigger goals. Oh, absolutely. And just take the blinders off and open our open our mind into what's possible. I mean, you know, if you asked me two years ago, I'd be happy with 300000 in sales and funding my ski habit. And now I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Way beyond that, this is something that could change our lives, and it's already changed our lives, but we're, we're really excited about the future. I'm going to share an anecdote that you shared recently, and I'm quoting, One year ago today, I called CommonSkew. Since that simple phone call, my business and my life has been changed forever. My wife and I just spent 25 days in New Zealand for our honeymoon, and needless to say, we couldn't have done it without CommonSkew. We actually made money while on vacation. To the entire CommonSkew team, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that liberated you, it sounds like, in terms of getting control of your business and then being able to flexibility to work from anywhere, of course, is obvious. Yeah, I mean, it it really forced us to get everything standardized and get it into a system that's transparent across the, the gal that does production for us. And my cousin's been in the industry for over 10 years. And so she stepped right into our company with, with common skew and got trained within an hour or two on how to run production right. for us. And she, 
she already knows a lot about the industry, but this was just super simple. So we couldn't have done it without this. And I feel like we owe it to Common Skew, you know, to be able to have that lifestyle. We're, we're making plans to travel even more, you know, maybe a, a week or two every every quarter where we're, we're on the road and away from the office and we just don't let our clients know and they don't know. Things keep going unless you have to check the mail or, or check packages in at your office. But there's really no other reason that we have to be at the office. Yeah, that is so awesome. Love the freedom that that gives you and the autonomy. The autonomy is the, the to me the, the one of the most critical factors. The fact that you can blend a healthy lifestyle of your own choosing along with a successful business. To me, I think that's the key to success. It's definitely motivating. That's for sure. I, I watch my friends and family, you know, get up every morning and go to an eight to five job that they may or may not like, and and they're they've committed that time. My wife Stacy and I we talk about it all the time that and how lucky are we that. You know, we don't have to rush into the office at 8 a.m. if we don't want to. We do try to step on the gas here around here when we're in town, but how much is enough and how, how hard do you press it, especially tr- yeah. trying to start a family yeah. or, or trying to, to get married or trying to, you know, one thing at a time and do it right and just enjoy the moment because you never know how long it's yeah. going to last. Yeah. So, What are you most excited about in regards to the future of the business in the industry? I'm mostly excited from our business standpoint. The growth is unlimited and, and our whereabouts is irrelevant. That just opens up a ton of possibilities. I mean, when we're home, it's great to stop in and see clients and hustle and do that. But then when we're gone, if they don't know that we're gone and we can still go check out a national park or go do something or go visit family, we get to get through life and we don't miss nearly as much. And we don't really give up anything yeah. either, you know, with a phone in your pocket. It, you don't have to. You don't have to give up anything, really. You're not missing anything. What do you enjoy when you're doing when you're not working? We already kind of know you're an outdoors aficionado, but uh, what do you enjoy doing? In the winter, I love skiing. And in the summer, mountain biking, some four wheel driving, you know, jeeping, that kind of stuff. I'm really involved with our local mountain rescue team, so I'm constantly kind of doing that during the week. Mountain rescue. Tell me a little bit. Of that. I'm I'm fascinated. What do you mean by mountain rescue? Vail Mountain Rescue is a it's a nonprofit organization that operates here in Eagle County under the under the sheriff's office. We field out about 115 missions a year to, you know, the hiker that broke their leg while just hiking or mountain bikers or, you know, a bad avalanche in the backcountry. So it's mm-hmm. completely random. Right now this time of year is, is hunting season. So we'd get the, the unfortunate hunter that miscalculated the weather or uh, had a bad trip and fall or something like that. So we're just there to yeah. there to help the people that are not as fortunate as us at the moment. So do you have a memorable story from that experience that you can share? The first first mission I ever went on when I first got involved a couple of years ago was a hunter that was carrying out an elk right behind Beaver Creek and slipped a disc in his back and it took twenty three of us about fourteen hours to to get him to the ambulance. The weather wasn't wasn't uh, nice enough to run a helicopter, and so we go in by foot and muscle him out. Yeah, that one stuck with me. But there's there's been a lot. I can give you t- a lot more stories when we're in Vegas over a cold beer. What what led you into that? Did you did you just have a compassionate heart for these folks? Were you ever in a predicament where you needed it, or why? Well, I'm curious. What led you to volunteer? I've never needed it. Uh, knock on wood. I've, ne- I've never needed their services. I just happen to be athletic and fit, and uh, my skill set in all the disciplines of rescue, search climbing, high angle, low angle, avalanche, skiing, all that stuff's pretty second nature to me. So I I fit right in with, with a little bit of training and uh, physically I can do some of the harder stuff that some of the, some of the other people on our team can't do. So, and it's a good way for me to give back to my community, you know, otherwise I'd be in an office 
behind my comms key screen all day, every day. And it's not that I don't enjoy right. it, but uh, I like to break it up. Right. You know, the a typical interruption yeah. would be, you know, Tuesday at 3.30, there's a call for, for something and I hear it on the radio and I look and I go, well, do I owe anybody anything right away? And if I don't, then I usually excuse myself and I go do something that uh, that might be more important for that moment and then get back to my work when I can. Wow, what's so. fascinating about that is not only are you developing a flexible lifestyle just for your own, you know, vacationing or getting away, but you're actually blending this flexible lifestyle into your daily work life. We live about, um, I don't know, 15-minute drive south of, of Beaver Creek uh, is where our, our house is, and we can work from the house as well. So if we get a bad snowstorm and the roads are jacked up or they're closed or something, we usually work from the house instead of getting on the road and it is pretty nice to choose when and when and where I want to do what I need to do to, to help out my clients yeah, so yeah. Such beautiful country. I know it's a little further south of you, but I was in the San Juans recently, and it was just stunning, uh, stunning country out there. And I can see why once you're there, you would never leave and that you would become passionate part of the, the landscape and volunteering and all the things you do. It's, it's hard to even leave. I mean, we, we went to New Zealand, and it was great, you know, some beautiful sights and, and stuff yeah. like that. But it always still felt good to come home and, and pinch myself and say, wow, we, we live here. This yeah. is where we, we reside, and this is where we have community and family and all that. So, by the way, back to that New Zealand trip. I'm, I'm curious about the the day to day in terms of running your business from another country. Were you able? You had folks on your team back at the office, obviously, but you were able to get samples to folks. You were able to call vendors. Was there anything? Was there any change in your routine that affected the way you do business when, when you're out of the country? A little bit. Some of the supplier websites that we use just wouldn't wouldn't work from a New Zealand IP address. Mm -hmm. So. Obviously, we had to switch a few things around, but it helps that our production manager is still stateside here. And so the way the time difference worked is we were about six hours behind, but it was the day after. So three o'clock in the afternoon here in Colorado would be nine o'clock in the morning in New Zealand. So it was it actually worked good. I didn't set an alarm to get up during the weeks or anything like that, but I just kind of woke up and had coffee. And by the time I started looking at stuff, you know, the email box would still be pretty full. Uh, from stuff going on, but then it, I could make some final decisions and there'd still be enough time in the business day for, for her to get production stuff done. So it worked out really easy. And then before we left, we gave her, uh, you know, obviously all the things she needs to, to run production and all that. But I, I took a couple big jobs on right bef the day before we left. Uh, so I, I made sure she was aware of that and I looped the correct people in on email and some of our bigger accounts that are take a little bit more. We just looped them in and said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to be available, but please loop in our production manager. And correspondence might be a little delayed, but we really, I don't think we really missed a beat. So. I'm fascinating by how that plays out in the day-to-day -day inner working relationships with customers. Were they aware, were your biggest customers aware you were actually out of the country or were they aware you were just going to be unavailable? Our biggest customers are some of our best friends as well okay. now. So they, they, they knew we were gone. They tried not to bug us. And I think sending out that courtesy email that, hey, we, we were out of town. We didn't tell them where or when, but we were we were traveling. And so um, if we missed three or four hour window in the afternoon of an email and they didn't get a reply to, you know, to not panic. Yeah. But we also had an immediate contact that was uh, here in the States that 
can handle their requests right away. Yeah, so. I think that's that's very helpful. It's helpful to know some little tip like that, that uh, other folks that want to emulate what you have done in trying to build a business that both enriches your life and enriches you professionally as well as personally. I think it helps these little tidbits of advice that you can give to others as they find themselves in the same situation or they're seeking work-life balance. Any other tips you have for folks as you as you were trying to adopt this lifestyle yourself? Go for it. If you have an idea or if there's a part of your day-to-day that you don't like, change it yeah. up. I think that's everybody gets into that rut and they feel like that they have to do it because they owe it to the business or their family or their, you know, I, I'm a, I'm self-employed. My wife and I are, are self, you know, we're self-employed. We don't get paid by the hour. We get paid by the job. As long as our clients are happy, we can pretty much do and go anywhere we want to go. I don't think it needs to be the same monotony that people seem to be consumed with who are just in a normal eight to five and they feel like they can't. Part of us, we've kind of on purpose stayed more efficient and small. I, my production manager is my cousin. We, we've known each other our whole lives and I trust her and she's been in the business for 10 years. So she knows more about this business than I do. And so that helps as far from a production standpoint. But, um, you know, I think we're going to probably double sales this next year and we're not going to add anybody on. I think we're just going to ramp up to each each account manager doing about a half a million to 600000 with one production manager and we have a couple of graphic designers that we, we outsource through. It's going to keep us small. It's going to keep, and, not, and I don't mean small in, in as far as volume and our reach and our capabilities. I think our, I think our supplier Rolodex right now is the strongest that it's ever been. And the people that we have on our list of vendors are some of the best in the industry and they have provide some of the best products in the industry. And, and I can obtain some of that from common skew as well i mean i've i've pulled off more new products and more contacts and supplier ideas from that community wall than i than i could have ever done before so Mm. having a having a good list of people to call in your in your back pocket is 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 probably makes our whole business i love your deliberate conscious approach to not only a healthy work personal and professional lifestyle but also the way you're constructing your business ensuring that you maintain a peace of mind and and balance as you grow um, because it sounds very deliberate and conscious on your part i think it has been in a way i mean i've when i moved up to this area of the mountains i kind of came up here to ski and I had some close friends that lived up here and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I was previously doing some hospitality jobs and so I, I took one of those and within a couple months I, I knew something had to change and so I started I started the business and it took me eight months of, of working full-time in, in a hotel restaurant and working the business full-time before I was doing 10000 a month in sales and that's when I quit and said, you know, well, we have to figure out the rest but I'm not going to keep spending my weeks doing stuff yeah. I didn't like to do. Even the structure of your business is deliberately small, which I love. I absolutely love and respect because it's it seems like it's it's methodical and uh, a, a very purpose-driven approach to constructing the business for not only the lifestyle you want, but also being deliberate, being conscientious of taking care of your clients, being deliberate about how you craft your company, how you structure your business as you move forward. It just seems to me like it's a, it's an incredibly thoughtful approach. Kind of stress-free. I mean, we try to make it easy and fun and not complicated. I also feel like I'm, I'm a doer and I'm a hands-on type guy. So you know, all yesterday and the last two days, we had a photo, a photo shoot here in our office, you know, with our, with our new iPhone sevens and some cheap lights I bought on Amazon. And we got some pretty good pics out of it, but I'm not, I'm not really that desperate for photos where I need to pay somebody a lot of money and, 
and I kind of knew what I needed. And, you know, so we just did it ourselves, and we do our, we do our website ourselves, and we send out our emails ourselves. and with technology, it's really not that hard. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really not. I'm curious what Justin Carter today would say to the Justin Carter that's opening his business for the first time. Now that you have had some experience under your belt, now that you've developed your business up to this point, what would you say to a brand new Justin Carter? I'd probably think bigger sooner and get some more things kind of figured out. I didn't really know I needed software until I was about two years into it and I wasn't really growing as fast as I wanted to grow and I was spending a lot of time selling, you know, stickers and business cards. So that was part of the learning process. I even tried some software before Common Skew for a few months and it was horrific what people are selling out there. So, Mm. yeah, I would say uh, if I knew sooner, I would say you know, get your credit, get your credit perfect, get your credit card limits up high. So you got some capital and, and get some software and you won't have a problem. I think that's, that's, that's what I'd say. That's awesome. I don't know if you know my background. So I was a distributor for 25 years. And the, the reason why I'm so appreciative of your model is because we, we were a print and promotions company and we did, we did, uh, 50 50 so 50% was print 50 was promotional and we worked with insurance companies finance temporary staffing and we did fulfillment in company stores and we did all this kind of stuff in the last 15 years I was the CEO and if I had to do it over again I would be doing exactly what you are doing I would be developing a small independent and when I say small I don't mean that negatively I mean it incredibly positively and I'll explain what I mean in a minute a small independent company that's robust in its branding that's incredibly creative, but it's deliberately small from the standpoint of its infrastructure so that I could enjoy the work that I'm doing as opposed to this endless machine that you're feeding that really just seems to feed your misery where you tend to, you know, maybe maybe the scorecard is high in terms of gross sales and maybe you're making a lot of money, but, you, but the misery index is also pretty damn high. Yeah, I, I like that. The misery index. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Our misery index is very low around here as it should be. And I think, you know, the track that we're going, I think we can do, and I learned this from from the grams at common skew as well as you know we get our sales up per person and easily in the next year or two we could bring on a third salesperson and now we're doing upwards of close to two million dollars a year with a four-person company at a solid 34 35 percent margin you know that's some serious numbers and then you have the rest of life to figure out how you're gonna enjoy it yeah there you go so that's nice man that's nice i'm gonna go ski i'm gonna go ski in more but i really wouldn't change very much (laughs) that's awesome i love that thank you for sharing the tips that you did i think it's gonna be so helpful call me if i can ever help you man and i'm really honored you took the time to to visit with me and glad to know you hey thanks and i can't wait to meet you in uh, vegas and yeah continue down this road thanks so much for tuning into this episode of skewcast Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.